Hello, I'm Suzette Shamoon. I'm a psychologist and cognitive hypnotherapist, and this is my podcast, Hand Baggage Only. In this series, along with an array of guests, I'll be examining the emotional baggage that builds up and clutters our lives due to the complex nature of our life experiences and relationships with those around us. When is a friend truly no longer a friend? How do our friendships change when our life circumstances do? And why do those around us not always act in a way which we would want or expect them to? And why don't we? We'll explore these questions and more together so that we enter our friendships with hand baggage only and leave room for stronger, more authentic friendships to grow. Hello and welcome to the show. This week's subject is a tough one to explore, as it can be uncomfortable to unearth the home truths of what do we do when we feel a friendship's no longer working for us. Our guest, however, is a formidable woman who doesn't seem to be intimidated by these difficult choices. Aviva Elias is an entrepreneur and the founder of the Grey Icon Movement, which she launched after finding out that she was allergic to hair dye and had to turn grey. Now, I decided to ask Aviva on the show today because of her fearlessness when dealing with difficult situations. As you'll hear, Aviva has some strong opinions on what to do if you think a friendship might not be working for you anymore. Perhaps we could all do with taking a step back from time to time. Now, I started our conversation by recounting the time when my daughter came home from school, age nine or ten, and announced that she just didn't want to have a particular friend in her life anymore. It was so simple in her mind. And maybe we need to revert back to that simple way of dealing with life that we had when we were children. Thank you so much for joining me today, Aviva. I'm really looking forward to our conversation about friendship. It's great to be here. So I remember a few years ago, oh, many years ago, my daughters are in their 20s now, but I remember one of them coming back when she was little. She came home, she walked in, and she just announced to the world, I'm not friends with so-and-so anymore. And I thought it was amazing because children have this amazing way of dealing with what serves them in life and what doesn't serve them in life in a very matter-of-fact manner. There's, there's no nuance. At times, there's no empathy. But she was clever because what happened was she came to me and she was just like, this is what doesn't work in this friendship. This is what makes me sad. And so I just don't want this person in my life anymore, mommy. And so please don't make any more play dates with her mommy. And that was it. Like that? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, obviously there was a build up beforehand. But when you think about the way children behave and the way we are, we, we seem to make our lives much more complex, I think. What's your experience been? To me, that sounds very freeing because your daughter is concentrating on the essence of what a friendship is. And I think that as we get older, we take on so many things that we're supposed to do and the way we're supposed to be. And then we end up having friends or friendships that go on much, much longer than they should because there's so many reasons why perhaps they, they've run their course and they shouldn't continue. So she seems to have grasped that at a very young age and if she continues with that in life she may find that she's clear about what friendships are all the different types of friendships I mean there's a tendency to say well okay well is she just using people for what she can get out of them but maybe she's looking at it what meaning it has for her what the friendship meaning has and for whatever the reason that she decided she want to be friends with this girl boy whatever yeah. The meaning was no longer there for her. And maybe that's that's probably what we should focus on more when we look at our friendships. 
Okay, so tell me a little bit more about the friendships that you have in your life. We know from the research out there that our friendships, they probably contribute more to our well-being than our intimate relationships, our intimate personal relationships. I think that's what the, the most recent research is showing. And so with that in mind, tell me a little bit about the friendships that you have in your life. Are they friends who you've had for years? Are they friends who are more recent? You know, I, I know that for me personally, I'm in my late 40s and I'm a very different person to who I was in my teens, in my 20s, in my 30s. I've been on this constant evolution, I would say. And as a result, I don't have a lot of my old friends, but also I, I moved around a lot. I moved countries. So a lot of my old friends, I don't have those childhood friends around me in the way that some of my other friends have. I've moved too in my early adolescence to England. So those friends were suddenly no longer part of my life. And then I made new ones. But then, you know, as it evolved, then I reconnected actually on social media funnily enough, to the old ones. They're there now as a, it kind of holds on to the memories that we have as a child and we can connect. It doesn't have to be, you know, a daily, whatever. It could be once a year, once every two years. It could just be Happy New Year. But they still have a lot of meaning and there's still a lot of warmth from those. And then when I went to boarding school, I was there for two years and incredibly, I have a huge circle still from that time of my life. And again, it's one of those situations where I can go anywhere in the world. And if one of these friends happens to be there, I can just say I'm in town. And there will always be that effort to make time to see people. Whereas I find that here, living in England, for some, some, most of my life, that's different. It's it's more like we don't have to make an effort because it's just convenient not to, if you see what I mean. There's less effort because you're just there. Actually, I'm, I'm beginning to feel now that I'm into sort of the well into my middle-aged and beyond that those friends from the past possibly have more meaning for me now. Because they put more, there's a little bit more effort when you, especially when you don't see people here all the time. And I feel that there's a genuine effort from those people from my past, a real effort, possibly because we bonded over our youth, yeah. the growing experiences yeah. rather than people that we meet later on in our lives where it's either work or whatever. And maybe we were friends because it helped while we were working or whatever. And then you move on to something else and you change and you're no longer in those industries or whatever it is. Perhaps there was a lot of stress around the time, and so we lose those. Okay, so, so many things that you're making me think about. So firstly, what I'm getting from you is the fact that a shared experience that you have from your youth has helped you to maintain your friendships, okay, and helped you to reconnect with friends from old. And I think... <laughs> You're a bit like me. We're, we're from that era where there wasn't social media to keep us connected. So I know when I left England, you had to write letters because my parents were never going to pay for me to be phoning my friends from at the time Mexico yeah. City and then France and whatever. That, that just wasn't going to happen at the age of 12, 13 years old. And I couldn't write letters all the time and we were traveling a bit. So I couldn't stay connected to my old friends. Whereas now, now that we have social media, you can. It's that thing of you've got that shared experience, shared youth circumstances is what tore you apart, ended your friendship, so to speak, that day-to-day that -day friendship. 
But then the thing which has helped you to maintain it is effort. It sounds to me that that's incredibly important to you, right? Oh, absolutely. And I know I make a lot of effort. Right. But then I'm not saying my situation is unique, but it is a little different from a lot of people, especially a lot of people who I'm friends with, yeah. in that I'm single. I never married. I don't have children. Yeah. So I think there is also that perception, well, it's not great that Aviva makes so much effort. And then there's something behind it. Sometimes I make it, I might feel like they think, well, because she can, because she doesn't have the responsibilities. And those ones I tend to weed out because I just think, well, actually, I'm just as busy as everybody, but I make the effort because I want to. And so when I realized that the friends who I am making all that effort with are not, I can be quite blunt sometimes because... It's a feeling. It's a feeling of like, okay, if there's something amiss in this, Mm. then I would prefer to know. And so I know that a lot of people have a problem with saying what it is, saying, well, actually, I just think we've moved on in our life and maybe I don't feel your company is something I seek anymore, which is also fine. I think all those are fine. And I think people should, should be, I mean someone who's been single for a long time and then suddenly is now connected with somebody and the relationship becomes more serious, Mm -hmm. you clearly do not have time to spend with all your other single friends. I mean, that's normal and that's understandable. Absolutely. Get it. But then eventually you can reconnect because you've now established that relationship and it's sort of more stable. But I have found that with, with these situations, sometimes the partner makes a choice okay and then that obviously impacts the friendships that these people may have had in their past because either the the partner decides well not so sure about this person okay or not so sure about all these people okay wow so many different things going on here firstly effort important to you it would seem as if loyalty is another thing that i'm hearing from that because a friend who's been and we're saying i'll say a long-standing friend when they get into a relationship with someone else and all of a sudden that somebody else is turning around saying, I'm not crazy about this friend of yours. And they that affects the, the relationship that you've got with that long-standing friend. That's one hurtful if they're going to go with their partner's desire for you to have less contact time with them. And it kind of breaches that that loyalty of if you are my friend, irrespective of what your partner says, you will remain my friend. Correct. But I also feel that in their evolution, if the partnership is very important to, to them, yeah. I have to respect that. Yeah. And what am I going to do? Say, well, okay, but, you know, why doesn't that mean we can? Yeah. I mean, I can try in a subtle way, but if that's the dynamic and the relationship is very important, I take my cue. Yeah. It's fine. Of course it's hurtful. Yeah. And it's not something that somebody was going to say, well, X, Y, and Z doesn't like you, so I can't be friends with you anymore, because that's almost childish. However, that's really what happens. Okay, but you say you're you're calling it childish, but you literally just said that for you, you're a person who's quite blunt, and the one thing you like is for people to be honest with you, right? Honesty is a value, it would seem. Because right now, when I listen to you, I'm picking up on the values which you hold dear in your friendships, mm-hmm. right? Effort is one, honesty is another one. And so if a friend isn't able to be honest with you, and and sometimes we're not honest, 
you know, I'm not always honest with my friends. If there's something going on, and this is on me, not on them. This is me saying, you know, I don't have the guts or I don't want to hurt you. There's so many different reasons why we're not honest to, with our friends. Not everybody is as blunt as you. Yeah. Do you need your friends to be as blunt as you? Do they need to match you? They can be as tactful as they want, mm. but I would like to know. So if I call somebody out, and it's not like, oh, you said X, Y, and Z. No, if I notice a distancing, yeah. I will wait and I will try. And if I notice the distancing continues, then I eventually will say, is something up? Because what you're doing is very hurtful. Is there something that I'm missing here? And if the response is, and I have heard this, yeah. I don't know what you want from our friendship. Maybe we should just put it all on hold. I mean, it's like a dagger, clearly. I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt. It hurts a heck of a lot. Yeah. But I have to respect that person doesn't have the words to express what it is or prefers not to. And there's nothing I can do. Okay. But when a friend is holding back, and I've been in the situation where a friend has been behaving in a way which I have found hurtful. Not even hurtful, actually. I, I had a friend who was a very good friend and a very close friend. And she would always speak to me in a way which, for her, she was a very blunt person as well. She was very honest. And she would tell me things like, you know, I think you should go to the hairdresser more often because when you do, your hair looks lovely. And she really was speaking from her heart. But I have my own insecurities about my looks. And so every time she would say that, I'm not hearing her say that I look lovely. I'm hearing her say, you look miserable the rest of the time when your hair isn't done. My insecurity. Nothing to do with her because she's she's sharing something which she believes is good for me to know. And she's trying to give me a compliment, but I'm, I'm taking it the other way because I've got my insecurities, right? And so for me, every time she would say that, it would be like a, a dagger to me, like, go sort yourself out because you look ugly and awful otherwise. That's how I'm hearing it even though that's definitely not what she's trying to tell me. So I've got my insecurities. And what I'm not able to do is tell her, please don't tell me that because it's touching a nerve with me. And I can't be honest with her. But what it did was it started building up some resentment within me. This is my emotional baggage. Nothing to do with her, my emotions. But next thing you know, we have another issue in our friendship. And because I'm already carrying this emotional baggage around with me, I am now venting at her because it's just like, oh, you know, you always make me feel not good about myself, but it's not true. I'm making myself not feel good about myself. When you've got a friend who's not honest with you, how does it affect you? Is it their stuff or is it your stuff? Are you able to work through that in your mind? I think I am. There is obviously the saying and the hearing. Yeah. Okay. And so, yes, of course, we're always going to hear things from our own perspective. Mm. But I feel like I'm old enough now and I, I feel like I've been quite adult, from a quite a young age, mm. to understand these dynamics. Sometimes your emotions have no bearing on everything that's going on. I'm very aware that my emotions and my feelings are of no matter. What you're saying, what you're feeling, Yeah. I don't know what you want from our friendship. Yeah. I think we should just put it on hold. That to me means that your feelings about this are not important to me. I can't hear it any other way because I tried every other way to understand and I've you know reached out on more than one occasion to say is there something that I have missed here as as tactfully and as gently as possible yeah. this is what I'm feeling can we talk about it but that answer 
makes me understand your feelings are not important. And therefore, that friendship is not important to me anymore. No, so I understand. So it sounds like that friend that you're referring to is more like who I was in the relationship that I was describing, right? Mm -hmm. Where she's unable to be honest with you about what's going on for her with whatever dynamic you've got going on mm. with the two of you. Okay, so it sounds like you would have liked to have worked on that relationship, right? Definitely. Right. I, I would have liked to because I genuinely approach friendships from the perspective of an interaction. Yeah. And we give each other things. Whatever it is, you have friends that you want to go to the theatre with and you have friends that you can travel with and you have friends that you just go for lunch and it's fun. Yeah. But you, I also know that I couldn't travel with this person or I couldn't take this person to any party or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, there are parameters with all our friendships. Absolutely. Some more than others. And so I'm always aware of that. And I also, if I'd cross the line, for example, and go on holiday with somebody who I probably already knew was not the right, the best travel companion, my fault. Okay. <laughs> Done. But then when I try to say, well, X, Y, and Z, I felt X, Y, and Z, and that person is not interested to hear anything. And it's not about you did this and you did that. No. But it's like, well, I would really prefer it if we both did the driving, for example, whatever it is. And then I get shut down for even wanting to have an equal status, let's say. Then I know that their expectation is that you're here for this and nothing else. And I get it. Okay. So if I, that's what I'm here for you, I don't want to be part of this anymore. So I'm getting a lot better at recognizing those signs and thinking, all right, well, do I choose to continue with that friendship because she's a great person to go to the cinema with or he's a great person to go to the gym with for that and nothing else? Super. Real friendships should be based on an ability to communicate and also to be able to say, well, I know this person's going through a lot right now. Yeah. I'm just here. I'm here. If I can do something, let me know. And often that's appreciated. Yeah. Uh, but not always. Okay. So what you're defining now is that there, mm. there are different levels of friendship, aren't there? Yeah. And each type of friend that we have, there are certain boundaries. So you are the friend who it's not the most intimate relationship, but you're the friend who I go to the gym with. You're the friend I go to the theater with. And what I don't do now, and, I, and it sounds like this is something that you've learned the hard way, is I don't cross that boundary of trying to take this any further. Or I'll try and push the boundary a bit. And when I realize it doesn't work, I'll just bring it back to you are my theater friend or you are my gym buddy, right? Okay. But those intimate relationships that we're describing now, what happens when a friend is going through a tough time? What happens when they can't be the friend you need them to be? How do you know? Firstly, what if they're not honest with you because they can't own their stuff? How do you know when it's worth holding on, when it's worth letting go? How do you know when to call it quits or when to keep working at it, when to forgive if they've acted out in a way? How do you know? How do you manage all of that? Well, my default is to try harder. Okay. That's always been my default. I guess that's just what I understood I needed mm -hmm. to do, try harder. And I I do know from myself that when I go into a friendship, so whatever I'm doing with the friend, however I'm socializing, I'm always aware of what their their likes are, you know, what kind of 
restaurants they want to go to, what kind of shows they'd go and see, or whatever, whatever environment it is. Do they drink? Do they don't drink? Will they meet? Do they meet? Whatever it is. I think of that when we're doing whatever it is we're doing. What I have found, though, is that I don't get that courtesy, let's put it like that, that thought very often in return. And that's possibly because I'm over trying. I'm over making sure that I've thought about this and I've thought about that and I've thought about the other. But actually, people don't work that way. They just do what they want to do and whatever. You tag along and if you're happy with it, you are. And if you're not, you're not. Or are you choosing the right friends? <clears throat> uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so no. So now I've realized that actually it's okay to have some new ones mm. and to probably establish this these boundaries. Yes, boundaries. Early on, the friendships that have maintained through ups and downs are the ones where the boundaries have been crossed and then we've, we have worked it out because they want to know. They do care if it's not working out. But the ones who don't care, then they don't care. Is it that they don't care? I'm not sure. I, I, I think that's harsh. I think yeah. that's harsh. I don't know if people don't care. I think sometimes... I know for me, I've had various issues with friends um, over the years where a friend has said something or I've said something. And I think timing has a lot to do with things. So I recently had an issue with a friend where, you know, I, I was trying to be helpful. And OK, I definitely crossed a boundary. I was giving feedback on something and she came back at me and she said, you know, you're trying to pull me down to, to break my confidence. I just thought... Okay, I would never do that. That's not who I am. That's not who I've ever been. I'm trying to help you with something in your work. And I'm giving you feedback because I actually think this this is my belief. And you don't have to listen to me. I'm just giving you feedback. Now, it wasn't welcomed. Absolutely my mistake. But then what she showed me was the side of her of where it was, if this is what you think of me, how long have you been thinking that? For me, you're not someone I really want in my life anymore because if this is who you truly think I am, we're not friends because my friends know I would only ever want the good for them. And if I'm giving feedback, it's to help them, not to hurt them. So let's say that's the situation. But what if this friend is going through a hard time? What if this friend is able to come back at me and say, do you know what? I screwed up. I was in a bad place. You pressed a button in me and I can't cope with that. You know, I've now got to find it in myself to forgive, right? No? Well, I think it's more, it's not about forgiveness. I think it's about to understand. Because okay. it, there is that thing about the hearing and the listening, isn't it? You know, to saying and the hearing. So if that person genuinely comes back and says, you know what, I, I'm sorry, I was very mad and I didn't mean it, then that is, it is about understanding. It's about you saying, well, I, okay, I can see why you would have been upset. As long as you accept that you, I didn't mean that, then that's fine. But if they're like, no, and you're always like this, and da, da, then then that's that's a whole different thing. Do you see what I mean? So mm -hmm. it, it is about the hearing and the listening and what people, how they hear what you have to say. Absolutely. And I remember an incident a couple of years ago where I went uh, into a shop with a friend. She wanted to buy a gift for one of her colleagues. We were in Spain. I speak Spanish. And I genuinely thought I was helping mm. by asking in for what she wanted and explaining, whatever. So anyway, the item was bought and we left. And instead of saying, oh, that was so nice of you, Viva, thank you so much. I mean, she could have managed, obviously, with, you know, gestures and whatever, but I thought I'd ease it along by saying, well, do you have it in this size, this color, whatever. She said, well, you just took over that whole thing, didn't you? And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you, 
I think you think, thought you were trying to be helpful, but you just took over the entire transaction. And I thought, wow, okay. So are you just misinterpreting it on purpose? Because why do you think that I would take over? I wouldn't say, okay, now just buy it. I would never say that. Are you happy? Is this what you wanted? Do you see what I mean? Completely. But <clears throat> me as a therapist, when you tell me that, what I'm hearing is this is someone who struggles with control issue, right? So this has got nothing to do with you. You know, you're doing your best and that's absolutely fine. But for her, you've taken control of a situation she wanted to have control over. And to me, for as I said, I don't know that her and, I, and I, obviously it's very easy for me to sit here years later and not now having spoken to her to try and guess. But as I said, as a therapist, I'm sitting here and I'm hearing this is someone who you've pressed a button, but it's her button. It's Correct. nothing to do with Correct. you. Okay. So when do we make space for our friends to have buttons? Because we all have buttons. I have mine. God knows I have plenty of them, like a Fisher Price toy. And <laughs> so when we've got those buttons and our friends have buttons, when is it okay to have the buttons and when is it not? Well, that's actually quite right because it's like, okay, do I always mm. have to defer to your buttons? Do yeah. I always have to be super aware that if I say X or Y, you're going to go off on a thing? Because that's exhausting, yeah. actually. And that is not friendship. Because, I'm going to challenge you. Okay. Go ahead. Because some <clears throat> people would say, but that is friendship. Is it? Is it, said, is, it, is it an easy friendship? Is it a flowing friendship? Is it one that will grow and, and, and prosper if you are constantly thinking, okay, don't say this because so-and-so, don't, don't mention the war, whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. do I always have to be, are you aware of mine? Do you care? Okay. Do you see? That's Absolutely. the point. So if I, for example, let's say you're on a diet and I'm not going to say to you, okay, well, we're going to go and have pizza. I know you're going to have a salad, but too bad. Of course not. Do you see what I mean? So, yeah. Buttons. Do I know that this upsets you? I'm going to bear that in mind. But if the goalpost keeps changing because there's another button and that I didn't know about and another one and another one, then you have to say, actually, yeah. I'm exhausted. I can't do this. I'm sorry. I mean, let's just go to a movie where we don't have to speak and then we can leave because it's easier, right? <laughs> okay. So we're speaking in the ethereal, right? It's And let's give it a bit of context. So I know I've got two girlfriends. Now, I had a different experience to, to a lot of my friends in that I didn't have many friends growing up when I moved to France. And then when I moved to England, I moved here when I was in my early 20s. I got married. I had my children and I had good friends, but I didn't really let people in on my life. I had an ill husband, didn't really share too much about what was going on for me because it was boring. I mean, who the heck wants to hear about that stuff, right? That's, that's your view. Totally. Oh, no, I know. I own my stuff. Trust okay. me. I know. It's taken me long enough. Mm -hmm. But because of that, I didn't really have many good friends. I kept friends at a distance because I didn't know how to have those friendships, probably because I'd moved around a lot. They call us third culture kids. We move around a lot. So when we find someone that we like, we try, we're quite intense. <laughs> we intensely want to get friendly with them because you never know when that friendship's going to end. So there's a lot around that. And I know that stuff and I've kind of worked through that stuff. And there was all of this, these issues around my own self-esteem. But then when I became single again, all of a sudden I, I started allowing new friendships to, to evolve. And well, I allowed myself to be more open and more honest. So I'm with you. Honesty is a huge part of friendship for me. It's it's something I rate really 
highly as a value. And then as I was going with these friendships, I had a ton of buttons and there were certain things which these friends, they would press my buttons. But you know something, they stuck with me no matter what. And they would come at me whenever I would flare up and I did have my flare ups and God bless them, I love them to pieces because they've stuck by me. But they stuck by me no matter how exhausting I was. And I worked through my stuff thanks to their friendship. And our friendships are in a better place, but I'm also in a better place. I'm much happier within myself. Hence, I challenge you. (laughs) Sometimes it is appropriate to stick with a friend when they're going off on one constantly, no matter how exhausting it is. I agree, but it's also very hard to be on the outside of that. To show warmth and to show interest and to be constantly rebuffed because there are things that maybe I'm not aware of, for example, difficulties, whatever. I mean, I've had a friend who called me very recently to tell me, Viva, it's not because I don't love you, but you don't realize this, but I'm having a big issue with my marriage right now, which I actually had no idea about. So it's not that we don't want to see you, but this is going on and I just want you to be aware. But I never felt bad about that because I'd already been on the outside of it and I was getting an inkling. Yeah. So to me, I just think that's okay to be understanding here. And by the way, if you want to share something with me, please do. And if you don't, I'll respect it, even though they're close friends. So because some people don't want to speak, especially men, they can't speak in the same way as, as women share. And that's also fine. But it is hard to be on the outside of it when you really don't know, when you know nothing. And then sometimes it can lead to a breakdown of a friendship because you can only ask so many times. You can only show up or make a suggestion to do something without being too intrusive. Because there's the other thing like, oh, you just took over. Do you see what I mean? So it's a balance of like, okay, am I being intrusive now? Am I taking over? It's about finding a balance of how much you can ask, when to step back and say, okay, you know what? I'm here. You let me know when you're around. It's hard. It's actually hard to be on the outside a lot. I mentioned it again, but being a single person and a single woman also, by the way, is kind of a threat to some environments where when people are in couples, I did notice, especially when I was 15, 20 years younger, that it's odd to have a single woman at the table or to be only invited alone with no other friends. Just like, okay, just come and have dinner with us. Lovely to see you, but then be the only person there. and never have other people because, I mean, it's flattering. You want to spend so much time, you know, on a one-to-one, but often it's because the dynamic for them is wrong. Like, you're the single woman, you're the unknown quantity, so we're not going to mix you with everybody else, although we do care for you. Is that something that you know for a fact that's what they're thinking, or is that something which you're feeling? Well, when it happens a lot, Mm. then I have to imagine what the the reason could be and sometimes it it, it is clear that's the reason but sometimes it's not I think well I have to continue to be sensitive to people but sometimes I just think maybe it's just easier for me to just not try so so hard because it's it is tiring you know and then there's the hurt aspect so it's it's a protection as well okay well you know what they know where I am the door is open. Or I just have some people who just naturally move on. And sometimes, even though I enjoy their company so much, if they're naturally choosing to move along by to ghost me, mm. all right. 
sometimes they're not important enough to me to try to pursue it and to find out why. I respect we're moving on, and that's also fine. Hurtful, considering all the nice times we had together, all the really great connections we had, but sometimes I don't even... I don't even go there. I just leave it because you can only be so blunt with so many people. No, absolutely. <clears throat> and I think those closer friends, those are the ones where you're going to put more of that effort in to find out because that's going to have you questioning more than the ones who are a little bit less uh, close. You know, we all have those different levels of friendship, right? And you, Yeah. And you know what? You don't need so many of them. No. We don't need to be social butterflies. We don't need a friend for every moment of our lives and every occasion. Do you think that's something that you learn with age? Because it's definitely something which I've understood more with age. That I I found that I've... Oh, it's awful. But I think I've shed a few friends over the years because when I was younger, I needed the hundreds of friends around. I don't know if it was validation or it was just working out who I was. Whereas now I'm a little bit more secure and therefore my values and what I want out of a friendship is so much more defined in my mind that I'm a little bit more less willing to give too much of my time to friendships which don't serve me in the way that... I, oh, sounds awful, doesn't it? No, it doesn't actually. And it goes back to what your daughter was saying. Yeah. I don't want to spend time with this person anymore, mummy. For whatever the reasons that she had, she recognised that... Her time was more important spent with other friends or her family or whatever it was. She mm. got it right there. It's true. It's amazing how as we age, we become more, <laughs> the nuances change and therefore we become more open, but we go through so much, don't we? And then it takes us a little while to just to get back to that simplicity of this is a friendship which is really healthy. This is a friendship which really works for me. And therefore I'm going to put all the effort in and because you're putting the effort in as well, it's working and it's great. But this isn't working and so I'm going to let it go and that's okay. But I also feel like if you're with somebody and they, and you feel good in their presence yeah. and there's a laugh and there's a joke and there's an ease, it's so much more energizing, isn't it? Than being with people that you constantly have to think about what you're saying and who you're talking about and you're not allowed to... I I know who I'd rather spend my time with, and I'd rather no I know who I I'd rather be alone to be honest than have to think about all those things that I'm supposed to say or not, and so I tend to the light, to yeah. the easy going. You gravitate, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and that's it. And time is finite. And I think there is a thing of as we age, you do learn. You have certain tools, don't you? You know, you, there are these friends who you call up and you say, you know, I need a moan, I need a vent, or I'm going to call you now and I need you to just make me laugh because my life is miserable right now. I need you to make me laugh. Right. There are certain friends who you can call on. And those are the those. great ones. Those yeah. Those are the great ones to have. Those they are the ones. Really are. Yeah. The low maintenance friendships. Yeah. But, but when yeah. you need them, they're there for you in the way that you need them. Exactly. That's the key, isn't yeah. it? But how do you know that you're, you're keeping them for the right reasons and not keeping them because of a loyalty issue? Does it keep you awake at night? Do you worry about it? Do you think, mm. oh, maybe? To me, it's like if it, if there is just, it's just flows. If it flows and I just know I can phone them or I can text them. If I have to think about, oh, shall I put it this way or that way? That to me is the answer. It's just I the like ones who, who I can just feel free and at ease with. And those are the ones I, I will maintain and make the effort to. I like that. And on that note, I am going to thank you so much for today because I think you've shown us very much. You've given me a great insight into 
how our values play into our friendships, how important our values are, and actually identifying how we take time identifying what our values are. And once we know that, we can identify our friends through that lens, can't we? Exactly. Just remember your daughter. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Aviva Elias, for speaking to me today. One of the things which came up for me in this conversation is that we all have needs and we all have desires and we all have expectations. And sometimes our friends just don't measure up to any of those. So when is the appropriate time to call it quits? How much effort do you need to make for you to realise that the friendship is no longer worth investing in? Now, there is no black and white answer to this. And thanks to the grey icon, Aviva, it's good to remember the importance of self-care in a friendship. If your friendship is hurting you in any way, take a step back and be open to the possibility of change. Now, whether that means you need to change your friends or your friendship groups or the way you interact with those friends, all of that will become apparent. Thank you so much, Aviva, for your time and thank you to everybody who's listening. Join me next time when we explore how you maintain your friendships while living with a chronic illness. Handbaggage Only is presented by me, Suzette Shamoon, produced by Amanda Redman and brought to you by Audir Communications. Please remember to rate and review the show and to leave a comment with any themes you would like us to explore. For more information, you can go to suzettshamoon.com. See you next time.